Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show offers listeners firsthand insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and informative weekly blog, where you'll read and can comment on life as wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Chris. Like Chris said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. Before we start, I want to introduce the people at the table. We have who you just heard from, Chris Cannon, my co-host, who will be managing the board and taking your calls. Say hello, Chris. Hello. And recording our show to make a podcast available next week is our technician, Jason Malik from Arise Studios in Conway, Arkansas. If right now you're sitting at your computer, you might want to watch us live on flaggybanner.com's Facebook page. It's kind of fun to see what goes on behind the scenes and at the breaks. It's real-time reality radio. If for some reason you miss any part of, the, of today's show or want to hear it again, there's a way, and Chris is going to tell you how. Listen to all UIYB past and present interviews by going to flagandbanner.com and then click on Radio Show. Also, by joining our email list or liking us on Facebook, you'll get a reminder notification the day of the show with a sneak peek of that day's guest. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you. This show up in your business with Carrie McCoy began as a platform for me, a small business owner and a guest, to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. Originally, my team and I thought it would appeal to entrepreneurs and want to be entrepreneurs, but it seems to have a wider audience appeal because, after all, who isn't inspired by everyday people's American-made stories? To see people in their totality is humanizing. We all thirst to connect and make sense of an overcomplicated complicated world and on this show we have the luxury of time to go deeper than a soundbite or a headline. It's no secret that successful people work hard, but other common traits found in many of my guests are the heart of a teacher, belief in a higher power, and creativity because business is creative. My guest today is the well-known and easily recognized Mr. Steve Landers, who founded Arkansas's largest chain of automotive dealerships called Landers Auto Group. Steve is a born salesman, obvious by this told story about him. At the tender age of just five years old, Steve walked to the newspaper office the Benton Courier, and with his allowance of three cents, bought newspapers, and then standing on the street corner, he resold them for five cents. At the age of 12, he landed a job pumping gas in his hometown of Benton, Arkansas. By 14, he was washing cars at the local Oldsmobile dealership, and by 17, while still in high school, he was selling cars at a dealership in Little Rock, Arkansas. Just a year later, in 1972, Steve and his father, Bob, Landers decided to start their own business and founded what would become Landers Auto Group. For the next three years, it was just Steve and Bob. Steve out front selling and Father Bob in the back office handling operations. Five years later, cousin John Landers joined the group and brought his experience of being president of Colonial Bakery to the family business. Now it was cousin John running operations and Steve and Father Bob selling cars. Over the next 10 years, their success and reputation grew so that in 1989, Chrysler sent a representative to Landers and Benton, which resulted in their first franchise. And as they say, the rest is history. I can't wait to learn more as we talk to the well-known and charismatic CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group, Mr. Steve Landers. Welcome, Steve. Yes, thank you, Carrie. <laughs> So I just want to tell everybody that you and I have been visiting for 45 minutes before the show and that we love each other. Right. <laughs> we, are, we are a lot alike. A lot alike, yes. Yeah, we are. I am fascinated by you, and really everybody is fascinated by you. Every time I told somebody you were coming on, they're like, really, really? You're like a movie star in town. Well, I don't know if I'm a movie star. I, um, I just know I'm an old country boy from Sling County that's worked <laughs> awful hard in my life. You really, really have. Like me, you in school did not get along. No. Couldn't wait to get out and start earning money. Is that story true about the five cents selling newspapers? It, it is true. It, it, you missed the part about my allowance was three cents. I, 
I, I think I didn't have any allowance. I just mustered up a couple of dollars and I'd go up there and buy papers for three cents a piece. Uh -huh. And then I'd sell them for five cents a piece. A lot of times they would give me a dime, you know, but you know, it was five, uh, I'd go up there, you know, it's like, 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon, and I'd stay out on the corner right by our house about two blocks over. I'd stay out there till about 7.30. When my mother knew where I was at, nobody would throw you in the car and steal you back then. You yeah. know, I mean, nobody would run off with you. <laughs> so I would just stand on the corner and holler courier, and I'd sell those papers, and I'd make three or four cents a piece, and sometimes it's seven cents, somebody give me a dime. And uh, I'd make a couple of dollars a week. I'd take that couple of dollars and buy cokes and ice cream and stuff that i wanted mm -hmm. i would buy with my own money but the uh the uh back then you could buy a baby ruth about a foot long for a nickel and a six, 16 ounce pepsi for a nickel <laughs> so you were rich so i was i had a lot of money with three or four dollars in my pocket that's you know, exactly certainly. right so your mother did she work no my mother uh worked at a radio station no way she did my mother worked at a radio station she did what you're doing no way. Yes. And, uh, I can't believe we didn't learn that 45 minutes right, ago. Right, right. So uh, she's, uh, she did what you're doing at a radio station for That's years great. and years. You know? And your dad was a car salesman always, My right? dad was a car salesman when I grew up. Uh, you know, and I, I got, uh, I actually didn't go to work with my dad till after I'd been in it about a year. I got married when I was 17 years old. And still married today. Still married today to the same girl. And um, uh, we were high school sweethearts. And, you know, I was so bad in school that I was uh, a, gr a grade ahead of her and she would uh, be I would re repeating and I would sit behind her because her name was Mike Mahan, mine was Landers. We sat close together mm -hmm. and I would try to cheat by copying off of her and she'd cover her work up every time I would move a little closer she would cover it up and I tapped her on her shoulder I said look if, if I'm gonna get out of school you're gonna have to let me cheat and she wasn't big on that but she finally let me you know get a few answers off of her but we started uh, dating each other and uh, at 15 and then uh, 15 15 years old and as soon as uh, as soon as she got old enough to get married we got married and, uh, 64, and that was, you're 64 now and you started dating when you were 15 15 yes that's just a great story. And I've been with her ever since. And uh, she's a saint. She's a saint. She <laughs> certainly is that. So, so do you have brothers or sisters? Got a couple of brothers. That one's in the car business, and uh, uh, he's in uh, works up. Uh, he's partners with Mark Martin, a race car driver. And, really? Yeah, and they're partners up in Batesville. And uh, then I've got a brother that's a pharmacist. And uh, so he likes school because you got to go to a lot of school. He likes school, and he and you know I followed behind him five years, and all those teachers thought, well, I was going to be like him. Well, I wasn't like him. I was nothing like him. I didn't like school. Didn't want anything to do with school. And if it hadn't been for a couple of really good teachers, uh, knowing that I was not a going to be a, a honor student, that I wasn't going to be a, uh, they, they taught me the basics, math, basics of math. Uh, uh, basic, just everything English, that was basic. basic English, yeah, basic, basic. English, just, so basic just something to get me through because they knew that I was not going to be a scholar student. Mm -hmm. And, you know, scholar student is not for everybody. No. And, and uh, you know, I, I got a blank high school diploma. You know, I got a blank high school diploma. <laughs> And, um, but now you got to go back and say what to the school? Didn't well, they just ask you to they, come they, back? No, about 10 years ago, they honored me for outstanding. Uh, I put got in the school hall of fame for outstanding uh, accomplishments. Whatever. Accomplishments. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Citizenship. You know, get, get out and, and making it happen, you know. So that, they, they, they did honor me for that. You know, I think people need to recognize that there are all kinds of intelligence and levels. And I was exactly the same way. And Steve and I were talking about how we didn't know that we were probably dyslexic and ADD back then because they right. didn't have a name on it. That's right. And, you know, I, I knew that uh, my, my, the teachers, and when my youngest son was in the seventh, eighth grade, they came to me and they said, Steve said, your son is, we think's ADHD. And I said, no, no. I said, my son is L-A-Z-Y. <laughs> and she said, no, we think he's ADHD. Well, I got mad because I didn't think he was ADHD. But then now, I didn't even know what ADHD was. Right. But so we take him, get him tested. Sure enough, he's got ADHD. And I had it. Yeah. You know, and so he got it. I had it. Now my grandson's got it. You know, yeah. so so uh, it's uh, it's easy to pass on. And uh, boy, you can accomplish a lot with it. You know, I don't know why ADHD, people don't want people to have that. I think it's a pretty good thing. ADHD, personally. if you put your uh, if you focus on things, that you like is what it means. You don't focus on stuff that you don't like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like a lot of that school stuff, so I didn't focus at all. But when I got into things that I liked, I, I over-focus, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I, and I, 
I've got one gear and that's wide open. You know, if I'm going to sell cars, I'm going to sell more than anybody. You know, mm-hmm. when I when I eat, I eat more than anyone. You know, I mean, I just <laughs> I have one speed and that's wide open. That's right. And uh, and so it, it, you know, you have to learn to bottle it and contain it. And it which and comes it, with maturity. Which comes with maturity. Sure it does. Absolutely does. I mean, you rode a motorcycle down the hall of the Benton High I School. I did. I did. He got kicked out. We're got so kicked happy. out for a week, and then I, I, you know, I took a cherry bomb. Back then, cherry bombs were pretty big, and we didn't have all the bombings and things that, oh, yeah. that we're having now. So I lied a cherry bomb and was going to throw it in front of the class. I was walking down the hall at school, and I was wanting to throw it where it went off in front of the classroom, in the front of the classroom. So I throw it. It hits those slick floors of the school, and it goes right up under a teacher's desk. Oh. And it goes off. I got kicked out a week for that too. I didn't know if I was going to be able to get back in after that one. Well, you are an attention getter. But I, I did a, I, I put a greased pig. I squeezed a greased pig through the school, through the doors of the school one time, and it took them a day or two to catch that pig. I mean, he was <laughs> nobody could hold him, and then, you know, the, the principal was on there saying, "If somebody catches pig, you know, you know, try to catch him and hem him up, but you could they could catch him, but he he's couldn't. Greasy. He's greasy. He'd run off from him. So that's only in Arkansas. That's I only mean, in you Arkansas. know, that doesn't that's happen only anywhere. In does it? And how, to, how my wife, who was totally the opposite, got connected with me, I'll never know. Opposite the tracks. Opposite the tracks. All right, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with a super successful, well-known, funny, awesome philanthropist, Mr. Steve Landers, founder and CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group and partner of McLarty Automotive. We'll sort through all his business names and owner changes because I had to do a lot of research to figure it out. And we'll talk about what it's like to sell a business, the baby that you birthed, Landers Auto Group, for 40 million dollars and at the end of the show we'll talk mr lander's newest passion horse racing and the honor bestowed on him with his appointment to the arkansas racing commission we'll be back after the break want to create excitement for your business or event do it with affordable advertising from arkansas's flag and we have teardrop banners retractable banners and table drapes we have street pole banners museum and exhibit banners we have custom flags event tents tailgating poles auto graphics and window scrim and don't forget welcome home and sale banners consult the experts at arkansas's flag and go online for a free quote or drop by our historic showroom at 800 west 9th street in little rock You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, starting with door-to-door sales, then telemarketing, to mail order and catalog sales. And now a third of their sales come through the internet. And this past year, Flag and Banner added another internet feature, live chatting. Over time, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge grew. As early as 2004, she began sharing this knowledge in her weekly blog. In 2009, she founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, and in 2014, Brave Magazine was launched, whose next publication is slated for October 2018. Today, she has branched out into radio with this very production, podcast, and live stream on Facebook. Each week on this show, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. If you'd like to ask Carrie a question or share your story, send an email to questions at upyourbusiness.org. That's questions with an S at upyourbusiness.org. Or send her a message on flagandbanner.com's Facebook page. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Steve Landers, CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group. Before the break, we talked about Steve's life in Benton and how he was a born businessman, how he and I both are not really academics, and how he and I both like a good gag, good, you know, kind of like to be the center of attention, I guess you could say. (laughs) But it's all fun-loving. but now let's talk about your business you're in high school you get your first job in little rock selling cars and you only do it for a year before you know that you and your dad decide to go out on your own is there something that happened that made you decide you want to you and your dad wanted to take that jump leap of faith yeah i'm sorry Carrie, but i guess i went to uh i went to get a job because i was getting married uh, i'd been washing cars 
uh, at the Oldsmobile dealership for a couple of years, you know, as a kid, and I was gonna get married and I was making $39 a week at the hardware store uh, before I got married and, and uh, I left the washing cars, went to the hardware store and worked. And, and so anyway, I got a job there and I, I uh, uh, selling cars uh, because I went every day and asked this guy if he would hire me. I was 17 years old. Those guys, there was 50 salesmen there. Wow. And, and those salesmen were uh, my age and, and, and younger. You know, there was no 17 year olds. And um, so it took about a week for him to hire me. The, the guy knew him, he knew my dad. And I just kept going in and he'd say, I don't need you. And I'd go keep going back. And I kept going back and I kept going back. And finally, finally he said, I'll hire you, get a haircut and come in. So I got a haircut and went in, and the first morning, I went to work, I sold a car. That morning, and I'll never forget that guy walked up to me and he said, how much is this car? I said, well, he said, could I speak to a salesman? And I looked left and I looked right, and there was nobody there. I said, I guess I'm a salesman, because I was going to work yeah. as a salesman. Yeah, yeah. It was the first one I've ever done. First day. Yeah, I said, I, I guess I'm a salesman. And he said, how much is this car? And I just read the window price. I think it was about $1,490 for a new car then, you know. Wow. And, 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 he, and so he said, I'll take it. And that was, I've been there 30 minutes. I said, I can do so this. I made $75. I'll never forget that particular deal made me, paid me $75. So I'd been working all week for $39 after, you know, after school and stuff at a hardware store. And so uh, I said, I found the thing I need to do. Yeah. Because I said, I can, I can make a living doing this. So I started working there and um, I was not the best salesman because there was 50 experienced guys there, but, but I was the best worker. I always, I always prided myself being the best worker. I would get there early and stay late and uh, I wouldn't, um, couldn't sell. I wasn't the best car salesman. Uh, so the guy that was the best car salesman there got punished uh, for doing something and they stuck me in as his roommate because I was a 17 year old kid and just been in the business a couple of weeks. His office mate, really. His office mate, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so to, really they were doing that to irritate him because he had done something wrong. So I'm his office mate. Well, 40 days go by. He never says good morning, good afternoon, how you doing? Not a word, never said a word to me. So I walked up to him one day and I said, oh man, listen, I'm gonna be here. I said, you're not gonna run me off. I said, I'm gonna be here and we're partner. We're in the same office. I said, we need to learn to speak to each other. And he was the best salesman there. So he said, so we mended the fence and, and he started speaking to me. And, and he said, you catch the customers, bring them in to me, I'll, I'll sell them and you listen. And so I learned how to sell cars from that, that guy. And uh, I, then all of a sudden I laid the board six months in a row. I was a top salesman out of 50 for six months in a row as a 17 year old kid. So um, it couldn't be that I was the best salesman because I was not the best salesman, but I was the best worker. Mm -hmm. so, so I outworked everybody there they would take breaks and take off in the mid afternoon and, and, and I would work through that because I knew that the only way I could make it is by outworking them because I was not the best salesman. But I led the board six months in a row during that first year. How many cars is that a month? It's about 40 to 50 cars a month. Come that's and, a car a day. Uh, yeah, it over was a, a more car over day. a car a day. And, and uh, I did it, but back then it was a lot easier, a lot less paperwork, a lot, you know, but, but I would sell over a car a day, you know, two, three cars a day, you know, and, and uh, so I found that this was my niche, but I'll never forget my, the, the first year I made like $21,000 for the year. And I was the best salesman there. So you know what the other guys were making, you know, cause I made 21,000. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that, but it was a lot of money back That's then. That's pretty a lot of money, yeah. Yeah, it was about a lot of money back then. And, and uh, so, um, then I then I decided, you know, that I will. Uh, oh, uh, they they wanted me to come down and work where my dad was at, and and so the job was three hundred a week, and and my wife thought I was crazy. Yeah, because that's going to be a cut in pay. <laughs> yes, and but I knew that, like my dad said, you'll learn more down here than you're learning there. They're not going to teach you the car business, but you come down here with us and we'll teach you the car business. You're not going to make as much money, but you're going to learn the business. And your dad is working for somebody else. Yes, he wasn't he working was, for no, himself. he was working for somebody else. And and I went down and and we worked. I uh, worked with him down there for about a year, and I was out selling all the guys there, you know, because they didn't work as hard as I did. 
But uh, after about a year, I told I, I told the owner of the store, I said, look, I'm going to make $400 a week next year here or somewhere else. I'd love to make it here if you'll just pay me for it. I'm not going to pay you that much, he said. He said, I don't pay myself but $350 a week, and I'm not paying you $400 a week. I said, well, just put me on commission. If I don't sell anything, you don't owe me a dime. There you go. And so when he put me on commission, I made $1,800 the first week. Oh. And he didn't want me to, so he didn't want to pay me because yeah. it was too way too much in his mind so my dad got mad because he didn't want to pay me what he owed me and i was mad because he didn't want to pay me what he owed me so my dad and i said we're leaving and we left and started our own used car lot had 30 cars in stock 30 total cars in stock and um we had a little trailer 40 by 60. and i remember you and i are the same age and i remember that i was trying to get a job around that age and i was thinking it seems to me if i'm remembering correctly eight thousand dollars a year was a good pay yes and you're making twenty one thousand dollars yes and then i take a job for 300 a week yeah to learn the business because i you're investing in yourself because i knew this was a business i was going to stay in Mm -hmm. i mean i knew you know i've never not one day since i hired in wanted to be in another business you know everybody has jobs they don't like this job they don't like that job and they're Mm -hmm. waiting for another job and they're hunting another job and you know the grass is greener over there i've done one i've done one thing my whole life and that's sell cars and i made it to where instead of just selling cars i wanted to do a server i wanted my kids to say my dad can get you any kind of car you want oh interesting you know instead of my dad's a car dealer i want them to say hey you need a car call my dad he'll take care of it you know had you already had kids by now uh no i had kids a couple of years after that you know so but but i wanted them to grow up in school saying to their teachers and stuff it's okay my dad will help you if you need some mm-hmm. help on a car call him if your payment's too high call my dad where'd you get the money to start your, to buy the first car we or bought, were they used cars uh, well i bought the i bought the first car uh sandy and i had a checking account and i <laughs> so I, I wrote a check for eight hundred dollars on her checking account and she she could she gave me checks she didn't i didn't have the book she just gave me a couple of checks so i wrote i wrote a check for eight hundred dollars and bought a car well i didn't tell her about it and then she got everything all out of whack well she took the checkbook away from me that day that was uh, 1972 and you hadn't had it back since i hadn't had it back since i've never (laughs) i've never written a check since then so she took the checkbook away from me and uh right right you know probably rightly so because i probably wouldn't write everything in there i was supposed to anyway so but she took it away from me she managed all that i didn't make it she managed it i love it I love it. I want to tell everybody also that when I called you up and asked you to be on the radio, you and I said, well, I'll send you an email. You said, uh, I don't do email. I said, how can you not do email? What'd you say? I said, well, you know, Carrie, I don't do an email. I'm sorry, but I said, I've never done an email in my life. I've never turned a computer on in my life. I don't know how to turn a computer on. I've never been on Facebook, Twitter. I've never been on anything. You're uh, on Facebook now because we're doing we're we're Facebook live. Okay, well I've never. This is the first time. <laughs> so this is the first for me to be on the be on Facebook. I've never done any of that because I didn't grow up in that age. I grew up uh, where all we had to play with was a baseball all all summer and a football all winter, mm-hmm. and and that was it. Now, mm-hmm. We didn't have a bunch of stuff. We didn't have games, and so, you know, I grew up when my dad would take us on Friday night to get paid. He'd take us to the uh, to the Dairy Queen out there and get us a hot dog and a milkshake. We thought that was a big outing. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big outing for us. And so, uh, you know, my grandkids are not like that. No, my, my kids are not like that. Right. So you when know, did you know you had made a success? When did you know that you and your dad were onto something? He, you're selling cars out front. He's in the back making sure the operations run good. How? And then your, then your cousin John joins you after a couple of years. When did you start saying, oh, this is, we're onto something here? Well, or was there something? Yeah, there was something. It was special. Uh, it was special that I was able to work with my dad for you know twenty five years, day by day. You know, and he was my, always my dad, and he'd chew me out. But it was just it was like a dad chewing you out. You know, he'd say, "Come on, son, get you know you did this wrong, that wrong." You know, he wouldn't. Uh, uh, it was a dad relationship. You know, I mean, I loved him, and I, and if I didn't like what he said, I'd go and do whatever I thought what i wanted to do mm-hmm. you know and he would he never would say anything well, he couldn't argue with your numbers no, that's for sure no he couldn't argue with numbers so I, I would do things that would sometimes would shake him up a little bit you know as far as uh, ordering and buying cars but but uh it was great to be able to work with your dad you know you said, i asked you if you uh, loved cars before we went on and you said nope 
do not love them. And you know, there's people that that love cars. Mm-hmm. I, I just they're they're a means for getting back and forth places and a means for me to make a living with, and that's the way I've always looked. Well, at you it. can't fall in love with a car because you'll sell it out from under you. I do that too. You said your wife's. My, my my wife wanted it. Uh, she had a little Volkswagen when 15, 16, we were 17 years old. And uh, I would sell it out from under her. And uh, and so, you know, I told her, I said, don't don't get used to having cars that are going to be with you a long time. Because I said, we're going to sell them if somebody wants them. You sold them when she's been in the grocery store. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Yes. <laughs> oh, you came out. Oh, your car's gone. <laughs> I picked them up places where she's shopping and put another car there and, and, and leave her a note that keys are in the gas tank or whatever. <laughs> That's pretty bad. He don't sell anything. Yeah. Uh, your commercials are so successful. And you worked with your sons for a little while. Worked for my sons for a while, and I still work with them. Uh, I'm retired now, and I work about 45 hours a week. I work about 25 for one, 20 with the other. And you know, they don't pay me. They don't? No, so it's a non-paying job. So if anybody needs a car salesman, call me. Because <laughs> uh, my sons are not paying me. Now I paid them all these years that they work for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, a funny story, they, they both went to, I had one that played college baseball, one played college football. And uh, so both of them, as soon as they got to college, they, one of them was a, a student did honors and all that. He gets to college, he got a not don't even have a one point. The, oh. You know, I mean, it's terrible. And uh, so I told him, I said, son, I said that he, he was just turned eighteen, and I said, I tell you what, do go thank the coach for giving you a scholarship, and uh, tell him that you're going to turn your scholarship back in and give it to somebody that wants it and that needs it and wants to study, you know, to get an education. I said, turn it in today, thank him for it, and apologize for letting him down. Mm-hmm. You'll be on the car lot Monday morning, and I said the bell's not going to ring Monday afternoon at four or five o'clock. You're going to stay, and we're going to go. So I, you know, I, my wife almost, I almost got a divorce over that because I pulled them both out of college. Both of them. Both of them did the same thing, and I pulled them out of college, put them on the car lot, and I said, "Y'all work for me now." And I said, "It's not going to." Did they ever go back to school? Nope. Interesting. They went back to school. One of them runs. Uh, one of them runs. Uh, he runs about 15 stores, owns part of 15 stores across the U.S. And the other one's got stores and cattle. They never did go. They never did go back to school. Well, I think that was a good decision. But you know, sometimes school is, school is not for everyone. Well, they're you know? partying too much, probably. Well, they you know, and they could do that if they want to do that here at home. But but you know, school's not for everyone. And, and and so you know, sometimes people you know put too much emphasis on school. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to you know learning how to. Uh, to work and how to have to you know take care of yourself and all that is, is is things that we that i learned as an early as an early child you know um i didn't i used to go to car auctions and horse auctions and stuff and my grandpa would give me ten dollars to buy you know a bridle with and i'd buy it and he wouldn't give me any more money until i sold it i'd put it back in a sale the next week you the know the horse no the bridle just oh, the to, bridle. goes around his foot you know it goes around his head mm-hmm. i'd put a buy a bridle for you know uh uh, five dollars and he wouldn't and i'd take that 10 and then, then i'd try to turn it into 20. Mm-hmm. you know and then i turn that try to turn that 20 it's into just the 40. work ethic that we are missing i think when we're teaching our kids today and there's a lot of rules out there where you can't even get a job till you're 16 years old i think which i think right. is kind of a disservice for some of these kids because i started work when i was 14. well you know the, these kids now need to uh they need to think about other than a professional doctor lawyer mm-hmm. uh dentist all that stuff they need to think about being a diesel mechanic or you know if they're good with their hands go out to you know this botech plastic botech's really mm-hmm. a great got a great program out there and they teach these kids how to uh get play jobs that they could make a lot of money yeah. and support their families great learn a, trade. And learn a trade and own your own business and all the whole nine yards by going through that trade so yeah i think so too i think that's a great idea you do a lot of commercials they're so successful you're like a rock star in arkansas because of all the commercials you, you know, do and they're funny with your sons you're not doing them with your sons anymore no they've 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 gone their separate ways as they got older you mm-hmm. know i mean one of them wanted to be in the cattle business he's up on in uh, Clinton, and uh, he's got a dealerships up there, Clinton and Heber Springs and, and Bryant. So I got one son that's got dealerships up there. Then I got one that just took over 
all of our stuff out here, you know, and he runs it. So, I mean, they, they've they gone a little rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got stores in Oklahoma. He's got stores in uh, at, uh, up in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, um, he's got stores in uh, uh, Missouri and Arkansas. Wow, and so he, 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 he's, he's got, got a lot. lot of, he's, he, he's traveling a lot. He's traveling a lot. That's a lot. So on all those commercials, I always wonder if you're a stickler for some particular thing that you do that you're like I always want to have something in my in my advertisement do you you know I always wanted to have that uh, we don't ever really talk about price mm-hmm. we just talk about we talk about uh, we, we, we just build a, uh, the brand you know we've just been able to build a brand uh that's true you don't ever talk about we, price. we talk about you know hey we're going to take care of you come in see us if you need you know if you need to sell your car come in see us if you need to buy a car come see us we just talk about brand and then comical stuff came along seven eight years ago and it, and it, it was stuff that we would do on a daily basis mm-hmm. you know my son and i you know i'd be riding in a car with him maybe fighting and i'd, I'd try to i'd be driving down the road trying to slap one of them <laughs> <laughs> while I was driving, you know, and uh, we've done that their whole lives. Yeah. I mean, they fought like uh, the, from the time they were little boys, they'd fight, just get in the car, they'd start fighting, you know, <laughs> and I'd be trying to drive and hit at them, you know, and uh, Sandy would be screaming and hollering, don't, 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 and I'd be trying to hit them. So, <laughs> but uh, so He's it was easy. He's a down to earth guy, isn't he? <laughs> so it was easy for us to do commercials. Yeah. And, you know, c- come on, guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I would, you know, I could say, you know, come on, man, what are you mm-hmm. doing? You know, and it, it was just normal, every day, every huh? day, just the way it really was. Well, because of your commercials, I have become a stickler. I want your face has become such an important part of your branding that you were talking about that I have begun that I've asked my uh, marketing staff to put my face on everything because I think I really like that about your commercials, and so you've influenced Arkansas Flag and Banner in that way. Well, good, and, and you know. Uh, branding is, uh, you know, you know, branding, branding is instead of price gets so mixed up and people get so confused on pricing, you know, of cars that they don't know what to do. You're not selling products. You're no, selling. You're we're selling, selling a brand. You, you are know. absolutely selling, selling a, brand. a brand. And that's really, I don't even think people realize that, but I saw it. I noticed it. I came into my marketing team before I ever met you and said, I want to do what Steve Landers is doing. You know, we, we bought, uh, I bought about 70 over the years, 70 car dealerships, you know, in different states and different countries. And, you know, I've been in China, I've been, Puerto in, Brazil, Rico. been in Brazil, I've been in uh, Mexico uh, with, with car dealerships and all across the U.S. You know, so our, our business has grown and that brand is, if you're driving in Tennessee, if you're driving in Louisiana, if you're driving in Texas, you'll see Landers own car dealerships. Those are dealerships that I owned at one time, mm-hmm. you know, and built and got them going. And, and then mm-hmm. so. And then sold for $40 yes. million. Dollars. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Right. This is a great place to take a break. I want to know how $40 million changes you. But uh, when you come back, we'll continue our conversation with a super successful, well-known, extremely likable, down-to-earth philanthropist, Mr. Steve Landers, founder and CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group and partner of McClarty Auto motive in this next segment we'll talk about what it's like to sell a business the baby you birthed i don't know if i could ever sell it landers automotive group for 40 million dollars to the united auto group and how it changes you don't think it's changed you a bit and at the end of the show mr landers can tell us about his newest passion horse racing and the honor bestowed upon him with his appointment to the arkansas racing commission but first I want to remind everyone we're broadcasting live every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central Time on KABF 88.3 FM, The Voice of the People, and flagandbanner.com's Facebook page. And that after one week of every show's airing, a podcast is made available on all popular listening sites and YouTube. Boost morale and patriotism with a new flag or flagpole from Arkansas's flagandbanner.com. We have polls, hardware, accessories, maintenance support, installation, and custom flags. We have flags of all kind for the sports enthusiast, the world traveler, or history buff. We have them all. Bring in your old flag and get $5 off a new one. Consult the experts at ArkansasFlagandBanner.com. Come shop our historic location at 800 West Knight Street in Little Rock or visit us online at FlagandBanner.com. FlagandBanner.com is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. This weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners firsthand insight into starting and running a business. 
the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people shared in a conversational interview with Carrie. Along with this radio show, FlagandBanner.com publishes a free biannual magazine called Brave. First published in October 2014, this magazine features everyday people's real-life stories of bravery. Its goal? To inspire you to celebrate your own bravery and challenge you to recognize it in others. The Department of Arkansas Heritage recognized Brave Magazine's documentation of American life and microfiches all editions for the Arkansas State Archives. Brave Magazine will be in your mailbox and hitting newsstands October 2018. Free subscriptions and advertising opportunities are available at flagandbanner.com by selecting Magazine, where you can read previous stories and learn about advertising opportunities. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Steve Landers, CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group. If you've got a question, make a comment on flagandbanner.com's Facebook page or write this number down and call. That would be 501-433-0088. Again, Chris. 501-433-0088. And if you're shy, you can just creep on my weekly blog about life as a small business owner at flagandbanner.com. Or as I said earlier, you can listen to all of our podcasts before the break. Oh, I want to take this opportunity, actually, uh, before we jump into the next segment, to give a big shout out and thank you to Centennial Bank for partnering with the Friends of Dreamland Ballroom and sponsoring this year's Dancing into Dreamland, which is Friday, November the 2nd, and is turning out to maybe be our first sold out event and if you're watching on facebook you know well you don't know that steve is but you can see my crutch over here because i sprained my ankle mm. two days ago and steve's having knee surgery in a couple of weeks that's why we had to get him on and um centennial bank is helping us raise money for an elevator for the dreamland ballroom and now i know why people need an elevator yep because we're on the second floor and steve and i were up there getting up here <laughs> before the break um we talked about Steve's life growing up in Benton and how he was a born salesman from day one. He got he hardly got out of high school before he was off selling flags and was hugely successful, making more than any other person I know at 18 years old. Got married early and is still married to the same wife. How he and his father decided uh, to go out on their own and start their business. We talked about the branding of Landers and how it's just it's just it's just it's uh, it's a. Uh, it, when you think of buying a car, you think of Landers. I mean, that's just what you do and how his branding has done a great job. Uh, but the big changes, now we're going to hit 1989 to 2005, a 25-year span with big changes. In 1989, your dad and you and your cousin had a car lot that you were very hugely successful, so successful that Chrysler Corporation came to your car lot and made you an offer. Tell us how that changed everything. Well, they made us an offer, Carrie, to, uh, they wanted us to become a standalone Jeep dealer. And at that time, I really didn't want to be one uh, because we were doing really good in, in selling used cars. We'd sell 200 something used cars a month by then. And uh, I didn't really want to be a Jeep dealer, but this guy from Chrysler came in, he said, you know, look, I'm fixing to retire. We're, we're going to put an open point here. Open point means the factory will, will give it to you. You don't have to buy it. And, uh, and he said, look, there's going to be four or five guys trying to get it, but I want you to apply. I said, I don't know if I want to, but he said, he came back in a couple of weeks and said, would you please apply, apply, excuse me. So I said, yeah, we'll apply. And, uh, so we applied for the dealership and three or four, three or four or five weeks later, they, the guy comes back and he said, it's down between you and two other guys. And he said, these two other guys uh, have got high college educations. Mm. And he said that they really want a guy with a college education. So I said, well, that's not me. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to, to uh, Tennessee where, they, where the headquarters were. He said, look, this is the guy you want. He doesn't have any college, but I'm telling you, this is the guy you want. And he said, he'll sell cars. And so they gave it to us and, you know, and uh, the rest was history. We, within four years, we led the world the world the world wow and chrysler dodge jeep sales the world and so in, in 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 the in the mid 90s early 90s we led the world uh we were selling a thousand fifty a month in a population of twelve thousand people how we and we didn't have the internet no we didn't have the internet how'd you do that because uh you know people social, drove from all around from all around we we created the fact that we were the best place to buy a car do you advertise in newspapers newspapers and we advertised back then we did newspapers and we did 
radio and we and we did a little TV, but. What states did you advertise? All of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. We did all. And they all drove to Benton, Arkansas. They all drove to Benton, Arkansas. And you know when you well, sell now a, we know why Benton's big because of you. No, you brought you all that money. A, when you sell a thousand cars a month, yeah, without any internet, yeah. you know, uh, the closest thing to that right now that's happened in the last twenty-five years has been my son. Last month sold nine hundred cars, so so he you know he. In Clinton or the other one? No, here in Little Rock. Mm -hmm. it, it just at our Dodge store, you know, mm -hmm. and so uh, nine hundred cars in one month. Nine hundred, and so uh, it's that's new and used. But but the the fact is, that's we're we're uh, is it word synonymous? That's the word I was trying to think of. True, that's the word I was trying to think of. A minute. Is it synonymous? It is synonymous. For, Thank you for, for us uneducated uh, high school graduates. For, it's synonymous for, for volume and taking care of the customers in mm -hmm. volume. And so Chrysler thinks it's a phenomenon because it was a population of 10 or 12,000 people back then when we led the world. And so uh, I've got three globes that are made out of crushed crystal that they give you for leading that being the oh. top in the world. And you got three. Got three, I gave one son, one and one the other, and I kept one. So, uh, but it's pretty good. Now these boards are coming along and doing the same thing. You know, they're coming along right behind us and doing it because they were raised in this and they understand it like we, you know, they they understand it, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so it's been been pretty good. It's and, changed and a lot though. Changed a lot, yeah. I mean, a lot. So in 1995, so you're selling a thousand car, Jeeps. Chrysler, you, you're, you're selling more than anyone else in the world. Yes. Um, in 1995, you sold the land, it's called the Landers Auto Group now, and yes. you sold it for $40 million to the United Auto Group. How many partners did you have at that time? Uh, at that time, we had uh, two. So it was two partners in that with us. How did that change things? It didn't. You know, You're not changing at all right now. I'm not changing at all. <laughs> you know, my dad still drove an old two, my dad drove an old two, uh, two door truck and you know didn't want anything fancy on it i lived the same dad lived the same you know, went to the kids went to the same schools still worked all the time because still worked all the time you uh, after uh because they asked you to come back let's see roger pinsky bought it after three yes. years roger pinsky bought yes it. did you have to stay on with the auto group for a I while i didn't have to but roger asked me he said would you run the central part of the u.s for the new auto group that we're doing mm -hmm. i said you know roger i said i just got that money i've been i've worked every day since i was a kid i said i probably don't want to and he said well i'll give you this if you'll do it and i said you i think i'll start <laughs> I, said, I said where do you want me to start and so roger and i had a great relationship uh and there's probably not a smarter businessman on the planet than Roger Pinsky. Really? And it, a more honest, you know, he would, you know, he would, whatever Roger told you, that's the way it was. And uh, I got a, I tell people, I said, I didn't go to college, but I got an MBA from Roger Pinsky. Really? Because I spent eight years with him and uh, I spent eight years working with Roger only. How did Roger originally get his money? Uh, just in just in auto business, it's always, always okay. been auto business. He raced. He was into racing. That's he's a terrible. He's a terrible from. driver. That's he's the I worst driver on the planet. But he loved to drive. So when I when I used to be out with him, he'd always want to drive. You know, but he would always get us in binds. You know, with his driving, he was terrible driver. But he used to race car drive some. You know, so he's a race car driver with a business bent. Yes, yes. So and, you and his uh, uh, right now he's got. More Indies than anybody, I think. You know, more Indianapolis 500s and. Well, he's not such a terrible driver. Well, he doesn't. It's his driver's. Oh, know. I got gotcha. you. Oh, look, Chris is like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He pays for performance. It's mm -hmm. just like he paid me when 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 that, when I sold out to him, and then he hired me back. He said, "I'm going to pay you this, and you know, perform." As long as I perform, the pay was there. You know, mm -hmm. and and uh, so 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 that was good. And then then after eight years with Penske, I went to work. We, I partnered up with Mac McClarty. Yes. And Mac and I partnered and started an auto group. Another auto group. Another auto group. It is called Landers Auto Group. It's called RML. RML. And it was it was called uh, McClarty Landers for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then Robert Johnson, who started the BET network. Oh, yeah. Robert Johnson and I and Mac partnered in a big group. So we're the number one. We were the number one minority-owned group in the nation, mm -hmm. which which Bob owned sixty percent. Mac owned twenty. I owned twenty. Mm -hmm. And so, it, but Bob wanted to be the number one minority-owned group in the country. And, and, and where's he get uh, his money from? 
uh, BET it? Network. He sold it for about two or three billion to Bicon. Bicon. Oh. So yeah, that's where Bob got it. Hey, Bob's good. You know, Bob's a great uh, business guy. You know, I think honesty is so important to be a successful business person. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, I bet you're the kind of guy that people just do handshake deals I with you all I'd rather do a handshake than a contract. I agree. I, I don't want to read the contract. Yeah. Right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after you went in with McClarty uh -huh. into your new group, because you, 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 I thought it was nice when I read this that Pinsky sold you uh, uh, a Toyota dealership. Well, Pinsky gave me. Uh, gave you. He, 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 Penske didn't sell us a Toyota dealership. Uh, he, he sent it, he, we bought, we bought his dealership and started our own, started our own deal in Little Rock. You know, Penske had a dealership. It, mm -hmm. I mean, Penske had got out of that dealership and we sold out. So anyway, oh, I, I see. Lost. So he was yeah. getting out of that one yes, and you bought that one. Right. So what is it, was it the old Jones Toyota dealership? Was one of them, yes. Because we were talking about Mr. Jones yes. in the old days. They're not around anymore. No. So it seems like all these car lots and dealerships have all been consolidated yes. into how many auto groups are there left in America? You know, there are probably a couple of hundred auto groups. It doesn't seem like it. You know, the, the major ones are Penske Automotive and the major ones are uh, uh, Auto Nations, uh, Group One, uh, you know, uh, so there's some there's some big auto groups now, but eventually they'll they'll control all the auto business. It's like everything's going into monopolies right. these days. It's like banks and everything else. It's all going into monopolies. Yes. Um, um, when you when you partnered with McClarty on those twenty dealers yes. that you first bought, yes, one of them was a mobile homes. Yes, and then I read that it right after because uh, of Katrina, you yes. sold mobile homes. Yes. No, that was a plans. Ford store in Northwest Arkansas that Mac and I bought. Uh, it had been up for sale for a little while, but nobody would buy the Ford store because it, he had a he had a motorhome dealer that was adjacent to it that he wanted you to buy. That was back when nobody thought that was a good idea. No, and you were like, "I'll take it." Yeah, that's it. I'll take it. <laughs> See, and, 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 you can't uh, learn that kind of intelligence in school. And I, so the way I figured that is, I told Mac, I said, "Mac, I said, you know, if we buy these motorhomes." I said most we could lose is probably a couple of hundred thousand. So what it what I'm saying is if if it, it mean, would mean that we just pay two hundred thousand more for his business. That's a way to look at it. And, yes. and so I said the other guys are afraid of it, but I said that's I think we can lose two hundred thousand. We ended up losing eighty thousand, but we got the business bought. We've had it for about fifteen or twenty years. Well, now. I thought you made it back though when you got to sell all those mobile homes to the displaced Katrina. Well, yeah, but we you know we end up losing eighty thousand. Uh, oh, instead of the two hundred thousand you originally thought. Yes, instead of two hundred thousand. I'm with you. I want to just. We're not going to take a big break. I just want to tell everybody uh, that you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Steve Landers, CEO of Steve Landers Auto Group. So you are still working. I still work. But you don't get paid by your sons. My sons don't pay You don't me. work for money anymore. No, I just work to help them. But That's you know, nice. something I always live by, success. Success is not owned, okay? Success is rented. And that rent's due every day. So if people will look at it like that, success is not owned, it's rented, then the rent's due every day. That's a great tweetable quote. You know, you got to pay that rent every day to you be successful. You could do a lot of tweeting if you would tweet. You no, I don't one. do no tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we talked about your life when you were young, how you quickly grew up at 18, got married and became a great car salesman, and then how you worked hard and you and your father, and then you sold your first I call I call Arkansas like a bear my firstborn. Yeah. I don't know how you felt about selling your business, but I'm sure if someone offered me that kind of money, I'd sell it. But uh, I cried. Huh? I cried when I sold it. Did you really? Yeah. I thought about that. I cried when I first sold it because I, I, like you said, we raised it. You know, I know. It was like getting rid of a child. I know. I, I mean, cried. money's yeah. money, but it's nice. But it yeah. is. You know, and I told the guys when I was when I was signing, I said. I said, yeah, I'm crying a little bit, but I said, I'll get over it in a minute, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I got over it. <laughs> so you're still working, and now you are a horse racer. You are into the horse racing big time. That is your, is you, that's a hobby, or are you making money at it? Well, you know, no, I made some money actually this year 
but you know the the if you want to become a millionaire in the racehorse business start with four and at, at the end of the year you'll have one you'll be a millionaire you know what i mean so, <laughs> that's what i've heard no it's, it's it's a very expensive business but it's a lot of fun if you work it and i get up every morning about 4 30 and i start working on my racehorse business until about 6 30 and then i leave the house and i go work on the car business and so but i've got about 26 racehorses and that's uh, a lot. we race all over the country uh, last week uh, in New York at Saratoga, we raced for the Woodward Stakes, which was a big, big race. You know, one of the top races in the in the, in the country. And uh, we we ran. Uh, we had the lead until the wire and got beat right at the wire. So what we, happens when you come in second? Well, you, you get a little less money. You know, but there you was seven hundred fifty thousand if you win it. So you know, it was a big race. And uh, so so you get a little less money. But you you know you just want your horse to win just like a your kid playing football you want your kid to score a touchdown yeah. so I do it for the I do it because I like from the win you know you like to gamble uh, no I don't gamble I used to gamble but I don't gamble anymore but my gamble's out there on the track because I got yeah. the, a big investment in these horses and I'm raising babies up you know and I, you know you want to see them come up you want to see them do good and, and you liked horses when you were a kid didn't no. you. I thought you said you went with your dad to some horse shows. I used to go to the horse sales and stuff, but I didn't really like horses. What made you decide to get into horses now? Uh, you know, I just, I've just i been on and off for about 20 years. And uh, I like the thoroughbred, thoroughbred business. I like the, the business side of it. It's funny. You don't, I say, oh, you love cars. You go, no. <laughs> oh, you love horses. No. No. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, you I, love the creativity of business. I love, I love doing business. Mm -hmm. uh, I love doing business. I love making deals. Uh, uh, some guy wrote a book last year on me, a master deal maker. And it's, it's, it's for sale in the Kroger's and places like that. It's, really? Yeah. And it's, it's master deal maker. Uh, because, you know, I learned, I learned at an early age to buy, sell and swap. Okay. That's a trade. That's a, that's a, there's guys that have got PhDs and there are brilliant people around the world that can't buy, sell and swap. Yeah. You know, so so they can do something I can't do and I can do something they can't do, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, I mean, I can I can, I've learned to uh, I buy, sell and swap property. I buy, sell and swap horses, I buy cars, um, you know, just things all. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. And I love doing it. You're very um, you, you you're very um, risk taking in all these things around you. You mm -hmm. seem to like the change. You don't you don't have you don't hold on to things except for in your personal life. You're very, you've probably lived in the same house for a long time. Long time, yeah. Yeah, got the same life that since you were 15 same life, years. Yeah. Got your kids, are the same. Yeah. But yet all out around you, all this creativity is around you that's always yeah, being yeah, changed yeah. In, in. You know, I learned a lot of that from Penske. Penske used to say, think outside the box. Mm -hmm. You know, he used to say, think outside the box, Steve. I want you to think outside the box. And you know, I was making big decisions, I bought over 50 dealerships with Penske and I'd do it on my own and buy it and I'd think outside the box and I wouldn't, I didn't have a degree in anything, you know what I mean? But I learned, I had some wonderful teachers when I was a kid that taught me to read and write and to add, subtract and to, you know, and they taught me that and they knew that that's what I needed, mm -hmm. you know, that I wasn't going to be a scholar student, mm -hmm. but they knew that's what I needed. and. Uh, and they taught me that, and You're I love intuitive. those teachers. You're intuitive, though, about people. I think. Well, I, I learned to uh, I learned to um, read people. This is what we do in the mm -hmm. car business: read people. These guys gonna buy today. You know, mm -hmm. you learn to read people, and and uh, that helps in buy, selling, and swapping. You know, so. Mm -hmm. So you've been appointed to the racing commission. Been appointed to the racing commission. When did uh, that happen? Uh, last year, uh, from uh, the governor Hutchinson, and and. Uh, uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it really. I really enjoy it. What is a racing commissioner? Well, do, or? They, we just we just uh, we kind of um, uh, oversee all the things that happen at the tracks and the casinos and those kind of things. And I know there's a big casino issue coming up, you know, but those casinos, if they come in, would be under the racing commission, you know, as far as how many times do you have to meet a year? Uh, we meet uh, once a month, mm -hmm. so 12 times a year. And uh, it's it's uh, I got some great guys that are on there with us, and very smart business guys and horsemen, you know. So you you know you 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 enjoy that, and you and you try to make things good for the public when they come over, you know, mm -hmm. you know to to enjoy the day, or mm -hmm. you know, like Oakland did a deal last year where they put that they put an extra kick on the on the show money, the third place money. 
because so many people would play that. Right. You know, that they've never, they don't come in there to gamble. They come in there to, just to win and to, just to hit a little, you know. And so they, Oakland raised that up. It's really nice for the for the betting public to go over there because they can win a little bit. And, so the show is paying a little bit more than it used to pay? Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, yes. Oh, I always, I always just do the three across. Yeah, but you can do the show and do pretty good. They add What's about the 60. best bet you should bet over there? Yeah, best bet is to win only. Win only. Yeah. It's better to win than don't. Don't but, try back to. No, but but you know the exotic betting is really nice. People pick numbers, you know, and that's how they make a lot of money. You know, you just throw a bunch of numbers together, and bam, it hits, and you, you know you can win a lot of money by doing it. So, um, but um, you know, my dad always told me he said, you know, they didn't build Las Vegas on winners, right? They built it on losers. So you know, it took me a long time to understand that in my life. But I finally understood they didn't build those places on winners. They built it on losers. You got to lose a lot of money to figure that out. I think. You got to lose a lot of money to figure that but out. But do you think horse racing is not quite like sitting there pulling the slot machines? Because you can put some analytical thought into it. I love the I love it because you can study the forms. Right. You can study, and it's got the the uh, the 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 hats and the dresses and the and the festivities of of, of the race meet. It's just wonderful, and I really do enjoy it. And. Uh, and um, I got some great guys on the commission with me, and that, that we all work hard to give the you know give the public. Do you, you know, travel all the time? I, I travel quite a bit, you know, but I'm but I've not done so much with my leg. You know, my leg's been a problem. I've had you know several knee surgeries, but I'm fixed to get one more, and I'm going to get this leg fixed, and so I can one more. It's going to last a year. The surgery's going to last about a year, though. Well, it, it's going it, to. I'm going to get fixed so I can travel around the country and watch the horses I've got run. Mm -hmm. you know? So you traveled all the time when you were when you all were the time. for Penske. Yes. I mean, you had dealerships like you said everywhere, every, every day, every day. Did I travel to, six days a week. I hope you had a private plane. Had a private plane. Oh, that's the only way I'd do that. You know, and, and and but I would keep it rolling. You know, but you know, I'll tell you a funny story. And I tell these kids now that I said, you know, y'all take this social media. You've taken the social out of business with social media. Mm -hmm. The social part. I mean, I used to stop on the road when I see one of my customers uh, mowing his grass. I'd stop and I'd drink a glass of tea with him. Say, hey, man, you know anybody want a car? Yeah, my brother's wanting a new truck, Steve. That's how I did that. And these kids now, everything's on this little box that they've got in their hand. Mm -hmm. And there's no social. You could walk right by one of them and they wouldn't say, hi, how you doing today? Can I help you, sir? Can I help you, ma'am? And, 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 and they've got too much, too far one way. Mm -hmm. You know, I like the social part of it, where I come visit with you or I can go, you know, see you at dinner at night. Hey, Steve, I need a car. Yeah, sure, I'll take care of you. You know, what do you want? Boom, 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 and, and, and do that. And uh, It'll probably swing back the other way. I feel like the pendulum is swaying all the way over here to isolation, and yeah. I think they're going to probably figure it yeah. out, and it'll maybe swing back to the middle. But, you know, I've got a two-year-old grandson that can sit down in my lap punch of buttons on his on the, my phone that he wants to read and he'll swipe and do all he's two years old <laughs> he can't even speak good you know <laughs> but he can use his phone so what's he going to be doing when he's 18 you oh, know 20 i, I mean it's unbelievable i, I mean he can't what? you know he can speak a Steve. little bit but he can't speak a lot and he can use that phone so i have enjoyed talking to you so much i don't think i've grinned this much in a long time he's well, just I'm a nice guy here's your gift oh great a u.s flag and arkansas flag desk set i bet you don't even have one you need one no but we do a lot of we bought a lot of flags from you over you the sure year. are landers is a great customer of arkansas flag and you know, speaking Thank of, you very much. Speak, well, look, oh, oh, speaking of flags <laughs> speaking of flags our, yeah. our flag got blown all to pieces the other day our big flag yeah we, we were the ones that started the big flags. You were, that's exactly right. And now everybody gets dozen, mm -hmm. uh, dozen, but we we had our big flag and a storm came through and it tore it into 50 Shreds. pieces, 50 yeah. pieces. It just scattered it all over the lot. Then we had to buy a new one from you, you know. Thank so, you, I'm glad. Yeah, so Thank you was, very uh, much. So. You know, you really were the first one. Whose idea was that to put up a big flag? Uh, kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe mine, maybe mine, but I, it, it's, well, I put them in Texas and in Kentucky, everywhere we read, I would put a big flag. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah, so. Thank you, Steve. I really enjoyed talking to you. You're thank welcome. You. And thank you, Chris. You got it. Thank you. Who's, um, who's our guest next week, Chris? That's going to be Josh Hill, five-time Jeopardy winner from right here in Little Rock.
Oh my gosh, this guy is so good. I um, I actually go to church with this guy. He and I usher together. He's the quietest, nicest guy. All of a sudden, the next thing I know, he's on Jeopardy. He wins five days in a row. He's the smartest guy I've ever met. He's so unassuming, you would never know. So. He's, he's now going to get to go into some championship game. He's already won, let's see, $117,000 already. So, I know. He's just, wow. a, he's just a regular So it does guy. pay to go to school. So it does pay <laughs> to go to school. Chris and Steve, thank you all both thank you. again. You're welcome. And I want to thank Centennial Bank one more time for partnering with the Friends of Dreamland Ballroom and sponsoring this year's Dancing into Dreamland Friday, November the 2nd tickets available online if you have a great entrepreneurial story that you'd like to share i'd love to hear from you send a brief bio and your contact info to questions that's questions with an s at upyourbusiness.org and finally to our listeners thank you for spending time with me if you think this program has been about you you're all right but it's also been for me thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny my hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and if you haven't you haven't been listening and that it Whatever it is will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. If you miss any part of the show or want to learn more about UIYB, go to FlagandBanner.com and click on Radio Show or subscribe to her weekly podcast whenever you like, wherever you like to listen. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. And Carrie's goal is to help you live the American dream.